Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. This podcast is released at 4pm every weekday. Subscribe to make sure you get it on time. And you can rate and review through your favourite podcast provider. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Tackling homelessness in London will require one of the biggest responses ever seen in the city. Today, the Evening Standard is launching just that. It's a realisation this could happen to anyone and hopefully generate a feeling of sympathy and understanding. And I think that will be one of the most important things we can do. The man behind our most ambitious campaign ever, Oliver Poole, tells the leader why it's needed, what we're doing and how you can help. Also... The Mayor of London announced a freeze on transport fares, so how is TfL expecting to make £70 million more from them next year? And... He's a combustible individual. We've seen a a familiar cycle, a familiar pattern at at all the clubs he's managed, really. Spurs hire Jose Mourinho, the manager who wins at all costs, to replace Mauricio Pochettino, who competed for no cost at all. Our chief football correspondent, James Ollie, on Tottenham's gamble. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, we launch our biggest campaign ever to tackle homelessness in London. Take a walk down any major street in London and you will see someone sleeping rough. Last night, around 9,000 people had nowhere but the pavement to live, double the figure from just six years ago. Now the Evening Standard is teaming up with others to do something about it, as our editorial column explains. London is a city of extremes. On the one hand, it is a place of great wealth. On the other, homeless people are living troubled lives in a way that should shame all of us who reside here. It takes away your self-esteem completely. We are vulnerable out there. You lose your dignity, and if you don't have a dignity, you have nothing. As London's paper, we have a duty to ensure that we do not ignore people like these. That is why the Evening Standard is launching its most ambitious appeal ever. 
a two-year project to shine an unflinching gaze at the issue of homelessness in London. Oliver Poole is leading this campaign for the Evening Standard. Oliver, in our editorial column today, we've called this our most ambitious appeal ever. Just give me an idea of the scale of what we're trying to achieve here. It is our most uh, ambitious appeal ever. And there are a number of reasons for that. The first is the time that we're going to commit to it. It's very The media is a very short-term focus normally. Most of our campaigns are focused for no more than two or three months. And what we found in the past is even though we get great impact at the beginning, just as we're starting to get momentum and really get people to start changing their perspectives and bring powerful partnerships on board, we stop. So as we walk around London today and it's so visible for all of us, the, quite the scale of the homelessness problem and just how acute it is, we've decided we're going to do something we've never done before. And we're going to commit two years to this project, two years of our editorial time, our networks, our fundraising asks, our lobbying, our investigative teams. We're being supported by The Independent. We're being supported by London Live. Everything that we as a group can throw at this, we're going to throw at it for two whole years. And it is, as you've said, a visible problem, but I wonder if people realise quite how big that problem is. How many homeless people are there living in this city right now? Well, it's a very good question. And actually, one of the most interesting things is no one knows the answer to that question. Because even though the visible problem on the street is getting worse, it's doubled in the last six years and is rapidly on the rise... There's a whole issue of hidden homelessness around the city where people are like what they call uh, sofa surfing, where they're just having to move between friends, people who have nowhere to live and are literally going round and round on night buses at night just in an attempt to keep warm. Now, the actual figure that the sector as a whole believes is something like 170,000, which is a shocking figure. It's like a town. It's a town. What's so shocking about it is not only is it 170,000, but it is likely to, under all the projections, to dramatically increase over the next few years as more and more people come to London looking to try to start again and finding that their dreams did not work out. And we have obviously, because we're a newspaper, we've gathered stories of people who are experiencing homelessness just now. Who did we talk to and what kind of problems were they facing? Well, it's a, it was a very in, one of the reasons we focused on this on the first day was it was a story of a woman called Sophia. And what it showed was how homelessness can hit anyone. She, for example, had been a successful uh, corporate lady and was experienced in playing the violin and had performed concerts to many, many people. But she suddenly had a series of bad luck with a bad relationship, someone who, you know, it broke down and she lost all her money, found herself having alienated much of her friendship group. And the next thing she knew, she was actually living on the streets and had nowhere to go. And one of the things we really want to focus on at the beginning of this campaign is making sure that when people hit that moment of desperation, there is somewhere for them to go, that there is a door that is waiting, that if they go through they will receive the help and the need that they require. And that's why one of our key things that we're raising money for at the beginning is to make sure that in central London there is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week homelessness centre specifically for women who are often ignored in this sector. Many of them have ended up in this situation because they've been treated abominably by men and so they're frightened to reach out and get the support that they require. My name's Sophia. I arrived and there was immediately a flood of friendliness and the staff were amazing, and they ushered me to my really nice little tiny but beautiful room, and I thought, well, I've got a home. 
we can't do this on our own, can we? And that's one of the, the key things that will make this campaign a success is we're working with other groups, other organisations. Well, you, you asked at the beginning about why is this our most ambitious campaign ever? Well, one of the reasons is that normally we partner with one organisation. But when you look at us and we're thinking, what can we actually bring? What can we do as a media group? What kind of aspects can we bring? Well, one of them is we have fantastic convening power. And so for the last six months, we've been working with the entire homeless sector as a whole here in London. And we've helped put together a group of 23 homelessness charities that have now created an umbrella group for themselves called the London Homelessness Collective. And this is actually a huge achievement. Charities are very b bad traditionally at collaborating. But the extent of the need that we have at the moment means that no one organisation can provide what is required by themselves and they recognize and accept that only by working together can they basically be able to even start to tackle this problem. What does success look like? Well I think one of the most important aspects about how we can achieve success is not the obvious ones you might think. It's not just the fact we want to raise millions of pounds and support core services. It's not the fact that we want to make sure that we hold local government and central government to account to make sure that they don't ignore this problem and bring in the legislation that is required. But for myself, speaking personally, success will be that we have managed to alter the way that people, our readers and the people in this city, look at and consider this problem. We all know it and we've all done it, where you're walking down the street and you see out the side of your eye someone having a terrible time on a street corner or down an alleyway or somewhere like that and almost the desire to sort of almost not focus on it but turn away and walk on. And therefore one of really the most important aspect of how I think we would consider success is the fact that we change the way people look and consider these people and realise beyond anything else that there is a person who could just be someone like them or someone they know or a member of their family. And rather than thinking about this as something that happens to other people, it's a realisation this could happen to anyone and hopefully generate a feeling of sympathy and understanding and I think that will be one of the most important things we can do. To find out more about the campaign and donate go to standard.co.uk slash homeless dash fund. Next. How TfL is going to make £70 million more in fares despite the mayor freezing prices. It seems impossible. The mayor announces a freeze in fares, yet many Londoners will pay more anyway. But the newspapers looked at the numbers, and that's exactly what's happening. Our editorial column explains. When someone promises you something for nothing, there is usually a catch. With the mayor of London's freeze on transport fares, there are two. The first is this isn't a freeze on the sort of fares many London travellers pay. Why? because it only covers single tickets. Scan your card a few times each day on a tube barrier or a bus and you'll soon hit the cost of a travel card instead. And the freeze doesn't apply to these. That's why, as we report today, Transport for London expects to make £70 million more next year from fares despite the freeze. The second catch is that even this limited freeze leaves TfL worse off, which means less money for services. It applies to bus tickets, but at the same time TfL has been cutting back on routes to save cash. It's aimed at next year's election. After that, it's Londoners who will have to pay the price. 
No. There were just 10 hours and 59 minutes between Tottenham announcing the sacking of their manager, Maurizio Pochettino, and the hiring of his replacement, Jose Mourinho. Poch was a fan favourite, but he didn't bring the silverware. Mourinho is a divisive figure, but also one of the most successful managers in history. Our chief football correspondent, James Olley, has been covering the story. James, Mourinho did wonders at Chelsea, but not so much at Manchester United, who fired him. Are Spurs taking a gamble with this? Tottenham are taking a gamble with Jose Mourinho, not just in terms of his record, which has yielded diminishing returns really since um, that famous first spell at Chelsea, but also because of the character of the man. He's a combustible individual, um, We've seen a, a familiar cycle, a familiar pattern at, at all the clubs he's managed, really, that um, you know, there's been this initial upsurge in performances. He's won trophies wherever he's been, but gradually re- relationships have fallen apart and he's left uh, quite acrimoniously in, in, in the vast majority of cases. So uh, Tottenham know what they're getting. They're getting a proven winner, but one that comes with a lot of baggage. The fans seem split over the appointment. A lot of them are loyal to Pochettino. What reception is Mourinho going to get at his first match with Tottenham? Well, the reception's going to be mixed, I would think, because he is not going to have his name sung like he's used to, um, clearly because of the history that Mourinho brings with him from from Chelsea, most relevant to to Tottenham, of course, uh, and Manchester United. Um, So they'll want to get behind the manager, but they're not going to be... Um, as uniformly positive about the appointment as, for example, Frank Lampard um, received at Chelsea when he returned. What's next for Poch? Well, for Pochettino, it's a number of options, really. He has long been linked with a move either to Real Madrid or Manchester United, and the two current um, managers there are under pressure. And of course, the Manchester United job is, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be looking over his shoulder um, with a degree of concern now. The longer that Pochettino's out of work, the more any underperformance at Old Trafford um, is likely to, to cast some admiring glances in Pochettino's direction. There was a lot of speculation at the time with, with substance that United were keen on Pochettino when uh, they sacked Mourinho and... Clearly, United's results have not really suggested necessarily that Solskjaer is conclusively the right man to take them forward. Part of the problem why they didn't get Pochettino before was because of the the significant compensation package that they would have to have paid Tottenham to get uh, Pochettino. Obviously, there's no obstacle financially now because he's out of work. So the, the, the longer that United struggle, the more that he'll appeal. And that's the leader. Subscribe to make sure you get it at 4pm every weekday. And have a listen to our audio bulletins on your smart speaker. There's a new one at 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. We're back tomorrow. 